Thank you for joining us on EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but for people with mental health issues and their families and friends, this is a daily challenge. There is a new foundation in South Florida dedicated to mental health awareness. It's called the Tell Robert Foundation, tellrobertfoundation.com. And I am very happy to welcome David Fenstersheib and Stephanie Fenstersheib-Lariosa, the founders of the Tell Robert Foundation, to tell their story and tell us why this is so important. Thank you both for talking to us. Well, thank you so much for having us. Your story is so tragic. I know that everyone in South Florida must know of Fenstersheib Law Group that your father started. And I'm going to let you tell the story about your family and what prompted you to start this foundation. Thank you. Uh, So our father, Robert Fenstersheib, started Fenstersheib Law Group over 40 years ago. And, you know, our oldest brother, Michael, was his first son, his first child, and they were very close. And at some point during childhood, our brother developed addiction to oxycodone and and other pills. And Robert tried everything he could by sending him to multiple rehab places and other types of alternate therapies, such as iboga treatment in the Bahamas, to help him get past that addiction and do something with his life. And unfortunately, on September 9th, our brother lost his battle with the mental health and drug addiction and took our father with him. He committed suicide and shot our dad as well. And it was just something that was completely out of left field. Obviously, you wouldn't really ever expect that to happen. But in this case, their relationship was nothing but love for each other. And it was so shocking that Michael would have done something violently, especially towards our dad, his father, uh, Robert, because of just how much love and how close they were and how much they've been through together trying to get Michael's addiction to pills past him. And it was at that point my sister and I realized that Michael's drug addiction wasn't the problem, but a symptom of something underneath, something that our brother wasn't maybe even aware of. And perhaps if people were more open to discussing mental health, if resources were more readily available, and if the stigma of doing drugs wasn't that of a drug addict or drug user, but more of that as someone suffering mentally, perhaps we wouldn't be here. And That is what our goal with the foundation is, is to provide awareness and outreach to programs that are involved in this, uh, because we're not medical professionals, but we definitely have the resources available to those organizations that may not. I know that you've spoken with folks and researched with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, who we do a lot of talks with, and it just strikes me that it's so recent for you to have lost both your brother and your father in such a shocking way. And both of you as siblings just immediately went into action to form this foundation and took such a tragic incident and turned it into something that obviously you hope will help other families not have to go through what you've been through. You've already had your first virtual walk, What do you intend to do ongoing with the Tell Robert Foundation? Our intentions are to keep hosting events that support a single organization that's more local and less widely known in the South Florida community that actually has hands-on programs and resources in the communities that 
actually provide services to those in need and raise money for those organizations as well as awareness for those organizations. For instance, the first event we had, the 5K, we did everything to raise awareness for Tony's Tribe, which all of the proceeds that we made went towards Tony's Tribe because they have hands-on experience with helping those in need. The founder of Tony's Tribe's brother committed suicide, and she sprung to action and created the organization, and it's breakingthebarriers.org. They have programs that they use that actually impact the community, and we want to do what we could to bring awareness to them. And so that's what we plan on doing is vetting local organizations and charities and providing awareness and funding to them. What made you think that this is the way to go? You know, so many people... When they've been through a devastating incident, they aren't able to return to normal functioning for quite a long time. How were you able to draw from within to move forward and take action? I think it was a couple of things. Two things that really stand out is we just didn't have the ability to let it take us over and make us crumble. We had so many people, clients, and employees relying on us to keep moving forward that Shutting down just was not an option. Also, his legacy, I don't want his legacy. We didn't want our father's legacy to be remembered for this last moment, this last incident. So if we could take it and turn it around and provide help to those in need as a result of this, I think we have that as a motivating factor to overcome the struggle that it provided to us and in turn, maybe prevent it from happening to someone else. Right. And we both do seek counseling ourselves now. We didn't before, but, you know, just to keep our mental health clear and give us some clarity moving forward, we both seek a counselor weekly now. So that definitely helps a lot, too. Did you ever in your life think that you would be seeking support from a mental health counselor? You know, we talk about the stigma and we keep saying the more we talk about it and bring it out into the open, the more people realize that almost everyone has some issue at some point in their life where seeking assistance makes sense. And particularly with COVID, the numbers of people who are actually reaching out for assistance have doubled. So I thank you for being willing to talk about it yourself. Were you able to draw on each other to get through this? Absolutely. I think our relationship has grown tremendously. We were always very close growing up, but now there's a bond between my sister and I that just is unable to be put in words. We were both survivors of a tragedy and both had very different relationships with our father. And so although we're both struck with grief, we're both processing it in such different ways. And it allows us to really connect because even though it's both our brother and our father, it's, it's that's completely different. My sister has a daughter. He was a grandfather to her. And I don't have any children. And, and, you know, when I do in the future, they'll never get to know him. And it's just such a different relationship. However, it really opened the barriers of communication between us to make us much closer. You mentioned Tony's Tribe as one organization that you have given funding to. Are there others that you already have in mind? Are there organizations that should reach out to you to let you know what they're doing and seek support? How will you connect with the organizations that are working locally? Absolutely. If an organization is listening to this right now, please reach out to us and connect so we can find out what you do and see if it may be something that we would try to help you with. And as of right now, our vetting process is very slow. So 
We're currently in the process of looking for the next organization we would like to bring awareness to and raise. And at the moment, we don't have one specifically singled out, but we will shortly and steps in the process of setting up a second event. Once we do have that figured out, it will be on our website when we do. That's tellrobertfoundation.com. The best way to reach you if someone hears this and they know of an organization or they're part of an organization they think should be working together with you, should they call or go to your website? They could definitely email us. It's tellrobertfoundation at gmail.com. That goes directly to myself. So that would be the best way for an organization to reach out. And like David said, we're definitely open to meeting new organizations, finding out and learning about them. You know, we're an open book right now. So we would definitely welcome any and all communication out there. And you're accepting donations, and that can be done on the website. So people can do their part now, regardless of an event, to help support the foundation and help you grow your funding to provide support to other organizations that, as you said, are local firsthand assistance to people who need mental health assistance. So that's the way to reach you through the tellrobertfoundation.com. And do you need volunteers to help you with setting up events or giving you ideas, anything at all? Uh, We're always open to new ideas and suggestions. And if people would like to volunteer their time, absolutely. Luckily for us, we do have the law firm full of people willing and able to volunteer their time after work for any of the events. One of our employees, we call her the gladiator. Her name's Tina. She's been invaluable in helping us get this off the ground running. And just to let everybody know, we are a non-for-profit. We are not taking any salaries. There's going to be no money given to us or taken by us in exchange for running this organization. And you have to not worry about your money going to a organization that's going to actually help and use that money efficiently and usefully because we're going to do all the heavy lifting with the researching and making sure that this organization is actually doing something with the funds that goes towards their mission statement or goal and not towards the people running the organization. Awesome. And it's amazing Both of you as attorneys walking into the firm that your father started and knowing what happened is a reminder every day. How do you cope with that? (laughs) You know, I I, I don't have an answer for you. People ask me that all the time at the office because I, I kind of shifted into his office and I haven't really changed anything. It's kind of like a memorial, a time capsule. And I don't want to change a thing. And I look around and it doesn't fill me with sorrow or grief or sadness. I know that he is so happy that I'm in there every day uh, working my butt off just like he always did and keeping his legacy going. And I look forward to it. It's, it's quite interesting that I'm not overwhelmed with sadness or grief. It's almost as if not to get too esoteric out there, but I'm kind of channeling his energy. He woke up every day loving what he did. It wasn't work to him. It was a passion. And ever since this happened, it has kind of fallen into that role. I, I don't wake up and go, oh, I have to go to the office. I'm so tired. It's, uh, I can't wait to, to get justice for my clients. I look forward to it. I'm energized and I'm very happy to get in there and be there. And uh, I think he would be very happy as well. I completely understand that. You know, both my parents are gone, but I talk to them all the time. And there is comfort in keeping the connection and finding that optimistic viewpoint. I compliment both of you for what you're doing and taking your grief and turning it into something that will help a lot of people. And the South Florida community, I know, will embrace you. So 
Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's the Tell Robert Foundation, tellrobertfoundation.com. David Fenstersheib and Stephanie Fenstersheib-Lariosa, founders of the Tell Robert Foundation. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Let's keep the awareness all year round. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. When it comes to education, Florida doesn't fare very well compared to other states, but Miami-Dade County is an exception, and it all starts with the Head Start Early Childhood Education and Development Program. Today, we're speaking with Anika Holder, the Interim Director for the Community Action and Human Services Department in Miami-Dade County. Thank you for talking to us today. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Ellen, for having me be part of your show this morning. Anika, you're the one that handles the Head Start program. So Miami-Dade County Community Action and Human Services Department have been administering the Head Start program for the last 56 years. We are truly fortunate to bring this wonderful service throughout all of Miami-Dade County. We're serving our youngest residents, including our pregnant, from starting from their pregnant moms to age five in more than 90 locations across the county. So literally from birth to five years of age, and this is all to ensure that children are school ready. So you're giving kids really literally a head start before they enter the regular school program. That's right, Ellen. It's really about focusing on ensuring our children are school ready, but it's more than just education. It's really about those important wraparound services that we provide to the family. Our goal is to ensure that our services not only meet classroom needs of the children, but also work with those parents so that they can be extremely supportive of their child throughout their entire education tenure. So we're providing those services such as job placement, resume building. If your goal is to buy a home, we work closely with you on those home buying goals. It's really about supporting parents and achieving their goals as well as the child achieving their educational goals. That's an amazing comprehensive program. Are there particular requirements, a minimum income, maximum income for people to be part of this program? So, yeah. So certainly our goal is to serve the most low income and disadvantaged communities, our Head Start parents. Literally to get your application through the door, we require that you be at or below 100 percent of the federal income guidelines. But that's just getting you through the door. We're also targeting those parents that may be homeless, impacted by domestic violence or human trafficking, parents who may not have completed their high school education members who are part of the household that may be impacted by opioid and substance abuse. Our goal is to really go after those households and those families that are at a real disadvantage today because we want to break that poverty cycle by providing those strong interventions, those social service interventions, while wrapping a child in a classroom where they're fully supported, not only to learn, you know, focusing on cognitive learning, but also making sure that we're addressing all of the social and the emotional learning as well. You must have so many people on board working in each of these different areas. How many people and what kinds of knowledge do they need to have to be helping to work this program? So across Miami-Dade County, the county's Head Start program employs a little over 1,800 individuals. And as mentioned to you, we're in 90 locations. We're in more than 450 classrooms, and that's not including the county employees that are also working to monitor and manage and provide services. When you enroll your child into Head Start, it's not only about that immediate assessment where we're looking at things from vision, hearing, and dental, but we're also working with each child and each family around nutrition planning, 
we're working with family members to ensure that whatever that child needs to be successful, because we're assessing them as they come through the door. And our goal is at the end of the program year, the school year, that there are a lot of gains. So this program is extremely comprehensive in nature. And it's everything from our teachers to you think about our cafeteria support staff to nutritionists, dietitians. We're looking at individuals who are driving our kids to and from appointments. So it ranges in the opportunities, but where it comes to the education component, we work really closely with all of our partners who are providing education services to ensure that their teachers are fully certified and providing the most high quality of care to children here in Miami-Dade County. When you look at the list of services working with children with special needs, mental health and disability services, child sensory and developmental screenings, that goes so much beyond really very specialized. And on top of that, it's free. So I can't imagine anyone not wanting to take part in this program. How does someone go about getting involved? You must get filled up very quickly. So I will say this, although we are focused on summer ahead of us, this is the time to really start thinking about what happens at the beginning of the new school year. And so we're encouraging all parents, if you have not figured out your early childcare opportunities, this is the time to start thinking and planning about it. And I want to encourage everyone to do several things. Either you can give us a call at 786-469-4622. You can email us at headstartinfo at miamiday.gov. But if you want to learn more information and apply online, you can also visit us at www.miamiday.gov slash headstart. How did you manage this past year with the pandemic? I have to tell you, I have to use this opportunity to give the Head Start team a huge and amazing shout out. They are the most innovative people I have ever worked with in regards to really supporting not only our teachers and our children, uh, but our parents. We provided a dual model. So while we were able to go 100% virtual in the early stages of the pandemic, we purchased laptops and iPads and hotspots to support those families who may not have the tools that they need to continue their education at home, we were able to provide that to them. It was really important because we were concerned about any gains that may have been lost because we were doing things remotely and we are not seeing that. And that really, again, speaks to the efforts and the commitment and the ongoing skill sets of our teachers to be able to pivot. And, And that's exactly what happened. It was that ability to pivot from a classroom model to a virtual model. But over time, we did go to a dual model, allowing students to return to the classroom, which was really important to allow parents to return to work. And so we went to a dual model where some students participated virtually and others in the classroom. And now we're at that space where as more people are getting vaccinated, we are fully supported in running very safe and clean and sanitized classrooms. We have strong protocols in place in regards to just picking up and dropping off your child. We are fully prepared to go full in-person learning, not only through the end of this year, but certainly as we return for the upcoming school year. You're talking about a lot of families that are under the poverty level. These are people who may not even have a car. How do they get their kids to school once they return to full-time in-person? These are good questions. And so we have, as part of our overhaul comprehensive services, our staff work closely with families who are in need, and we're able to provide that transportation support that's needed. 
So yes, if you're a family and you're having a hard time with transportation, getting your child to and from a Head Start location, we're able to support you with train and or bus fare as needed. And this is, it's federally funded or state funded? This is a federally funded program that the county has been administering now for over 56 years. There were a lot of questions about the census this year that people weren't responding partially because of the pandemic. And if we're undercounted, does that impact your funding Well, undercounting impacts us across the board because even when there's funding that comes through the state, there is still, you know, a federal model that you're looking at. Our program, we serve not only our documented residents, but undocumented residents as well. And so certainly this is a concern that we face for quite some time. And we make sure that when we're doing our community needs assessment, that we're getting in those communities and we're knocking on doors and we're seeking the feedback we need from those families to ensure that the voiceless community is counted and heard in our process. We conducted our community needs assessment. We really worked closely with the various communities to ensure that their voice was reflected in the overall need. That has to be challenging in itself, really getting into communities where people may be afraid to answer the door or when you talk about people who are survivors of domestic violence and maybe in a shelter, reaching them. So you have to have a lot of organizations that you already work with and have relationships with to find these people. Is that correct? Well, I agree. You mentioned domestic violence. So not only do we have partnerships with these organizations, as a county department, we operate five domestic violence shelters ourselves. And so we identify that as an immediate need of where we can be serving families directly by ensuring that their voices are heard, whether they're at home or in our shelters, their voices are being reflected. And so we do partner with a plethora of organizations in my Miami-Dade County to ensure that, one, those wraparound services that I mentioned for those that we cannot provide directly, that we're doing it in tandem and in partnership with others. But two, to ensure that, again, that feedback that we need to ensure that we truly identify and understand the need in our community is reflected in our overall planning and applications for the federal funding. Well, you're obviously doing a great job because you were recognized as a program of excellence by the National Head Start Association. And I guess with 56 years of experience, you're going to get something right. Oh, thank you. What's a typical day like for a child in the program? Obviously understanding there will be differentials for a child that's less than a year and a child that's five years old? Well, a typical day, and hopefully there's no such thing as a typical day, right? With a child, we hope that every day it's a brand new day in regards to learning and discovering something new. But from a programmatic standpoint, we are providing services that range from anywhere between seven to nine hours per day, and that's all free to the family if you are part of our very early, early Head Start program. Your parents are provided with everything from formula to pampers. And if you are a four-year-old participant in the program, you're getting two-thirds of your daily nutritional needs in our Head Start program. So we provide every child with breakfast, lunch, snack, activities that are focused on cognitive learning and sensory development. Our goal is to ensure that children are both social and independent in their learning. And so everything we do is evidence-based. So there is an underlying theme of how the service should be provided, but also just keeping in mind that we are serving such a diverse community. So we want to ensure that there's a lot of room for our training partners to be culturally sensitive to who they're serving and and ensuring that children have the opportunity where we want things to be structured, but not overly structured where children miss the opportunity to have their own growing moments and discovery moments in the classroom. 
Do any of the children ever come back to you and say, wow, now I'm 15 years old and I couldn't be doing what I'm doing in school if I hadn't gone through Head Start? We certainly get that. And I think one of the things that we're most proud of this year is we have a commissioner that is sitting on our dais who was a Head Start baby and that's our District 9 commissioner. So certainly if there is (laughs) not a more shining example of what programs like the Head Start program can really do in regards to just getting you on that right foot and giving you a head start, it's, it's truly that example. We love it when families are able to talk about how we were able to support them in achieving their goals because at the end of the day, we can all talk about going back to work, but childcare is expensive. Yes, it is. And, <laughs> and quality childcare is extremely expensive. And the fact is, again, just giving a shout out to that Head Start team. This school year, we're going to be launching the Montessori teaching method in several of our locations. So we're not only providing you know, traditional learning, we're ensuring that we are looking at opportunities to truly, truly equal the playing field as it relates to providing children with a great start in life by giving them the best and providing the best and making sure at the end of the day, it costs our families absolutely nothing but time to sign up and commit through this process. That commitment will take you and your family in such a great direction. And that's what we're here for. You said now is the time to be applying because the program fills up pretty quickly, right? It does. And certainly we want to make sure that families who need to get, you know, the great news is we have kids who are graduating and they're moving on and they'll be entering kindergarten and and moving on into the public school system and other school systems. So there will be available slots. But we want to ensure if there are family members out there and they're not sure about childcare, what is Head Start? How can they be involved? What services will be provided? This is truly the time to explore and sign up. We not only have locations that may be close to your home, but also locations that could be close to your place of employment or school. And certainly the time to act is now just to make sure that you secure your slot for yourself and your family. Well, the folks at Head Start are doing their part. And if you or anyone you know is interested in taking advantage of this amazing free Head Start education, all you have to do is make the phone call and put in your application. So I know 311 is the general number in Miami-Dade if you just want information, but you've got a direct number, email, and website. Let's go over those one more time before we have to wrap up. Certainly. So you can give us a call at 786-469-4622 or email us at headstartinfo at miamidade.gov. You can visit us online to learn more about the program and to apply at miamidade.gov forward slash headstart. Anika Holder, Interim Director for the Community Action and Human Services Department, Miami-Dade County. Thank you for letting us know about the Head Start program. I hope that we will inundate you with listeners responding. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this morning for EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new segment of EZ's Community Focus. You know, May is Stroke Awareness Month, and Broward Health is a super server providing primary stroke center care. Dr. Dane Clark, the Director of Emergency Medicine at Broward Health Imperial Point in Fort Lauderdale. If you can get to us in less than three hours after the onset of your stroke, 
there is a medication that we can give, which we like to refer to as a clot buster. Most of the strokes that we see are caused by a blood clot. So when you get to us, we would do a quick CAT scan on you to make sure that you're not bleeding that's causing it. And as long as you're not bleeding in your brain, then we give you a medication to try to break up the clot to allow blood flow to go back through to that part of the brain, and hopefully your symptoms will go away. And literally, I've seen people come in unable to move an arm. We give that medication, and within two hours, the person is back to moving their arm normally. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new segment of Easy's Community Focus. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.